This is the 2.1 cast deadline day special presented by Tenants. Hello and welcome to the 2.1 cast deadline day special presented by Tenants. I'm Graham Ruthven and today, this morning, this afternoon, I don't really know what time it is anymore. Uh, I'm joined by Stefan Biankowski and Tom Watt. How are you doing, guys? Good. Tired. Yeah. <laughs> tired. <laughs> Kind of feels like those old days of current general elections or referendums or something. It's what day are we on? Yeah. We're, we're into Friday. It's Friday AM. The early hours of Friday. Yeah, the deadline day, boxing day equivalent, whatever that is. Uh, yeah, the, the window has metaphorically slammed shut. Um, let's just start off with running through some of the deals that were done today. Any, any moves that stood out for you? I mean, I think most of the moves, I don't think there's, there's a headline grabbing move from it's it's probably been more of the moves that haven't come through that that, that are going to generate most of the headlines. Um, most clubs just seem to have bolstered their squads rather than made some massive, you know, statement signing that's going to see them through for the rest of the season. But the ones, you know, that Jamie Walker obviously, that that didn't go ahead, and that's kind of been an on again, off again one for the for the duration of the day. Uh, whether he, you know he remains a Hearts player for much beyond January remains to be seen, but it it, it didn't happen uh, today. So I mean that's probably the the biggest story of the day. Um, but I think everybody else just kind of tinkered rather than made made any signing that's going to significantly change their squad for the remainder of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely echo that. It's it seemed to me that um, most of the clubs just seemed to kind of pick up on what they needed. You know, Celtic sending their reserve. Uh, a backup striker, um, Hearts picked up an extra central midfielder. They picked up the winger from Italy, whose name I can't Milinkovic, I think it is. Yeah, Manuel Milinkovic. Manuel Milinkovic. He, you know, when that rumor came through, and you know, he came through this morning for a medical. There was suspicions that this is the replacement for Jimmy Walker. That doesn't seem to be the case now. Um, you know, and Aberdeen actually just a few minutes ago picked up Dominic Ball as well. So, you know, it, like 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 Tom says, it. it it, on paper, it, probably, it doesn't look that interesting, perhaps, because there's no big money signings. But I think the real intrigue comes from the fact that, you know, Hearts kept hold of Jimmy Walker. Hibbs managed to keep hold of John McGinn, despite interest from down south. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's quite good. I think that's good for the league, actually. It's, it's, it's encouraging when, um, you know, we actually had Tom on the show a few weeks ago talking about Hibbs. And, you know, you and Scott made a good point that, what people, a lot of people don't really appreciate is that slowly but surely Scottish football teams are slowly getting back to, you know, making some money, not a huge amount of money, but the, the, the days of huge amounts of debt are gone um, and clubs are slowly but surely beginning to spend money. You saw that with Aberdeen this summer, actually. Um, and I think this transfer window maybe not explicitly proved that, but it did show murmurs of the fact that you do have the bigger clubs in Scotland are maybe able to hang on to the players' money perhaps would have four or five years ago. Let's go a little bit deeper on, on Jamie Walker, as, as you mentioned there, Stefan. It looked like they had signed a replacement for him. There's a, a place waiting for him in that Rangers team, seemingly. Um, you know, how big a blow is it to Rangers that they haven't managed to get Jamie Walker? Of course, the, the flip side of that is there are people who say Jamie Walker actually isn't really that good in, in the grand scheme of things. When Jamie Walker plays to his potential, he is, you know, he's one of the most exciting players in the league. Um, he he's been uh, he's been frustrating in the last six months eight months. He's had his injury problems. Uh, he's struggled for form um, here and there. But but you know a, a 
a fit firing on all cylinders, Jamie Walker would easily improve that Rangers team. Um, I think it's a it's a strange situation because if he if he's going to stay at Hearts and continue at the 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 level that he's been playing at for the last three or four months, it, it would have been worth them selling him on. If he's going to put his head down and 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 play for them for the at least the next six months to uh, to to nine months till the end of the season then you know they, they've got a great player there and they've done a great bit of business keeping hold of him um is it a blow to rangers not landing him i, I mean i don't know if it's a, it's a significant blow but would he have improved that team is there is there a gap do they have anyone else like him probably not um so i i, I don't know it, it's ultimately i it does seem like he will end up at rangers one way or another um but it's it's good for Hearts if they if they if they can get him back to the level that he he was at a couple of months ago, a couple, you know maybe a, a year or so ago, then they've got a really really good player for another mm. you know for uh, the next thirty five, thirty four games. Mm. Yeah, I mean I think yeah you, you hit the nail on the head. I think what seemed to be the case was that, I mean from what reports were suggested, I don't have any inside info here. It's that um, Hearts were simply asking for a bit too much money. Um, Rangers weren't willing to go over a certain amount. Um, well, that plays into your, your argument about Scottish clubs not really needing to sell anymore. I know yeah. it's a Scottish club buying from a Scottish yeah. club, but Hearts are in a perfectly good position to say, well, you know, that's the asking price. If you don't meet it, you're not having them. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, halfway through the day, we saw that what well, we heard that um, Holt was going to be stuck in a deal. And I actually thought that might make sense because, you know, he plays in a position that Hearts needs to fill in, you know, and he could go some way to even maybe help him replace Walker in a certain degree. But Ultimately, it didn't seem to happen, and it now means that Pedro Cachinho is going to have to put up with what he's got. Which, yeah, I, I think Tom also pointed this out. It's not exactly a bad thing. That that Rangers attack's looking better than it has did look at most parts last season. And actually, I think Windass has actually looked quite good in the left. He looked fantastic against Motherwell. Um, he's, I think he was out injured for one of the games, perhaps. But you know, and it's still very stop and start with that left wing. They put put Cranshaw in there who. Had, I don't think by any stretch of imagination to left midfielder but you know I, I think Rangers fans will happily admit that there's still a lot of work to be done in that team and specifically in the left wing but I think they'd also happily accept that they're not going to be held to ransom for a player like Jamie Walker. Over on the other side of the city was another big transfer story today was uh, John McGinn um, he stayed at Hibs after some pretty intense interest from, from Nottingham Forest how, how big is that for Hibs? I mean he's a fairly important player for them isn't he? Yeah, an, an important player in the in the in, in the team and uh, has a has a very specific role in 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 how they play. I'm I, I'm quite surprised that they they dug their heels in over it. Um, I mean, Neil Lennon obviously made a a big show of the fact that they wouldn't accept, they wouldn't be lowballed for him, and he obviously feels that they can get presumably get more for him further down the line. Um, no, a, a great a great bit of business for for Hibbs in holding on to him because um, again on his day he he's a very very effective player in in his, in his position. Um, it, it's interest. It'll be interesting to see where if that you know if the interest in him comes back in January. If um, there, there's you know I, I would envisage that he will continue to have interest from down south. Uh, whether they'll get more money from him, I don't know. It seems like a reasonably good deal to me, but um, I, you know, it, I just feel like John McGinn's destined for Celtic. I don't know if anyone else gets that feeling, but I feel like Scott Brown 
because uh, he plays for Hibs. <laughs> that's probably it's a probably pretty fair uh, assumption to make. Perhaps. Uh, no, I, I just think a lot of people make the comparison between John McGinn and, and Scott Brown, particularly for the national team, and an heir to Scott Brown, and and particularly if seems like Stuart Armstrong might not be hanging around at Celtic. I know he's just signed a new deal, but it was a one-year deal, so he'll probably be at the same position next summer as he was this summer. So I don't know. I just feel like John McGinn might end up at Celtic. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of John McGinn, and you know he's only just starting to get into the Scotland team, which, yeah, I guess international caps don't really add as much value to your you know your portfolio as it maybe did back in the day. Hey, Alan Hutton got a move to Spurs on the basis <laughs> of a few caps for Scotland. Yeah, but I mean, and I, and I think he deserves it though, and I do. I think he is, you know, in that position. He's probably one of the most impressive players so far this season. I know it's only been four. Uh, league games but the League Cup as well well against lesser opponents I suppose but I, I agree I think there's no real reason why Hibs had to sell him um, Neil Lennon is also I think currently in the pros- currently undergoing new contract negotiations and I wonder how much that played a role in things whether he was sitting there saying well you know if you want me to stick around if you want me to do something start by not selling one of my best players you know um, and I, I think that can play a huge part I think um, you know Hibs are trying to do something off the park as much as they are on the park. They're trying to get their house in order, and I think they've done a great job of that this summer. Um, they've brought in maybe like nine or ten players who've gone straight into that first team, and all the way back from a new goalkeeper to bringing Ambrose on the full contract, Whitaker, uh, you know, midfield. They've brought the winger in from Juventus, whose name I forgot. It's far too late, uh, and of course you've got guys like Simon Murray and Anthony Stokes as well, and you know, they look like. In, in Scottish football, you tend to get a lot of clubs who just kind of take a scatter gun approach to the transfer window and they kind of hope that of the 15 guys they sign in the summer, maybe four or five will work out. Hibs have done that, but obviously with some sort of rhyming reason behind it and it looks as though almost all of them are going to work out, which is really impressive considering they've probably even not even spent that large amount of money at all. So huge amount of credit for Hibs for holding on to John McGinn, but also for just simply, you know, the lot of good work that they've done this summer as a whole. Mm. We've not talked about Celtic yet. They've uh, they signed PSG teenager Odson Edward. I think I've got that pronunciation correct. Um, he'll be a third choice striker. A, a fairly risk free signing, really. Um, of course, Patrick Roberts signed yesterday. He can he can play in the central forward role as well. However, in terms of their search for a centre back, um, of course, they were very cl- close to signing Rivaldo Kowitsi, the South African centre back. He failed a medical. Um, you know, is that something that's going to come back to haunt them, particularly in the Champions League? I mean, do they have the quality there to to really sustain them a challenge for the last sixteen, which is the, the stated aim of Celtic this season? Yeah, I mean, they they need a centre back at European level. They do need someone, you know, a step up from where they are at the moment. I, I think obviously it's not going to cause them huge issues in in the in, in the domestic game, but um, at European level they look short and you you know you saw through the qualifiers even at the lack of cover they have there they're resorting to fitting in square pegs and round holes in defense and you know at cha- in the champions league level that is really going to come back to haunt them that's really going to be an issue and it does seem strange that with the money that's been made and the scouting network that they've got and the you know the the amazing facilities and the amazing opportunity they can offer that they haven't just gone out and got the man they need you know whoever that may be I'm not saying there's one person in mind but it, it, it's obviously been a problem position for a number of months and it, it, 
you know, it was strange to me that they were going into the last day of the transfer window without uh, without a, a, a centre back, without another um, a, another option there at the very least. So it, it it's a fairly significant problem for them, I think, in Europe that they they're going to embark on another European campaign without a little bit you know a little bit stronger rear guard than they have at the moment. Mm. Would would Brendan Rodgers perhaps argue that? This Rivaldo Coetze, who I can't say I, I know a, a certain a, a lot about, but he's twenty years old. He's got a lot of international caps. Seemed to be highly rated. Of course, as I said, he failed his medical. Interesting quirk of that is that today he actually signed for another club. He signed for Sundowns, another South African club. So would Rogers argue that actually they did identify the guy they wanted? He seemed to be, cost a little bit of money, a bit of pedigree, and it all kind of fell apart, and they were really left with nothing after that. Yeah, but you know, as Tom said, a, a club like Celtic should have a backup and a backup to the backup and a backup to the backup to the backup. You know, it's the transfer window where we've seen them sign Patrick Roberts, who, who undoubtedly a fantastic footballer and obviously a fan favourite. But let's be honest, did they, did they really need another right winger? No, they didn't. James Forrest has probably been their best player this season so far. I'm well, they to keep happy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All all jokes and Twitter memes aside, um, you know. Bringing having players like you know Roberts in the league is fantastic, but if he was their priority in the summer, I would question, you know, if there's a degree of neglect there because not only did they not sign a centre back, but for large parts of the summer window, they were actually looking to sell one of their centre backs as well. Yeah. One of the two centre backs in Simunovic and Sviachenko, who I think are probably their two best centre backs. So I do. I, I mean, I don't know if it's Patrick Patrick Roberts. I don't know if it's Brendan Rogers who's identifying players. Uh, and then Peter Lawwell's going out and trying to sign them, or it's Peter Lawwell, and then he brings a list to uh, Brendan Rodgers and then he picks from it. But one way or another, it seems to me that they're maybe putting too much focus on midfield and attack, and maybe less, because not only, I'd argue they didn't even just need one extra centre-back, they maybe needed a, a second as well. And to come out and say, well, there's a lad from South Africa who we wanted, and, you know, he didn't pass his, his medical a few days before the window shut. They've had all summer to sort this out, and they haven't done it yet. So... I think, um, I say, saying all that, I think Simunovic and Sviachenko, when they're fit, are good. I think that's a good fit. Um, but, you know, when you have players like Neil Beaton and even Mikael Lustig's actually looked quite vulnerable this season. I don't know if that's because he hasn't had those two beside him as he used to, but um, against, against Istan in particular, and Ayer, who's been thrown into that team, perhaps a little unfairly, he's been thrown into really crucial Champions League qualifiers and the guys only just, you know, go over playing for Kilmarnock, so... Got over, you see. <laughs> he says he's returned from his tour of Kilmarnock and he's still, you know, struggling with a it. Traumatic it's experience. Um, Tom, you wrote an article for the Two Point One um, earlier this month, or sorry, I should say last month now, um, on Aberdeen and how Derek McInnes has has he's rebuilt that team. Of course, at the start of the window, it looked quite bleak. They were losing two of their most influential players. It looked like Derek McInnes himself might be off to Sunderland. Things have kind of turned round, and they seem to have upgraded their team. Can I jump in here very quickly on you go. and blow some smoke up this young this man's arse? Oh, uh, oh, oh, man. <laughs> you took away the young <laughs> this, this young uh, man's yeah, well, arse. If I could if I, if I could describe him to a minute to our listeners, Grey Fox is the best way I could just describe Tom. Um no He's what not that great what, what, what I must emphasize is that when Tom wrote the article for us it was largely before McInnes had agreed to return, I think, and it's before they actually completed half the signings as well. So 
what he's about to explain there is now a popular held opinion, but he he, he very prescient at the time. <laughs> he did. He genuinely he, he, he called it. He, he, call, he called it long before. Yeah. yeah something, there's something there. Something I'll let him speak. Yeah, tell us a little bit about you know how they how he has kind of rebuilt that team. A, a quite a relatively quiet day for them today, but did a lot of business early on. Just elaborate on that for. Yeah, I mean they they, they got their business done relatively early and and it was a they had a rough sort of six weeks four weeks after losing the Scottish Cup when Niall McGinn left Johnny Hayes joined Celtic Ryan Jack joined Rangers um, Ash Taylor was going to uh, move down south McInnes looked like he was going to join Sunderland and it did look pretty bleak for Aberdeen you know losing some of the most effective players and and on top of that they were going to have to look for a manager to uh, to kind of restart the rebuilding process but since then they have uh, they've built what is certainly a stronger squad than last season um there are still some question marks i think in in defense but the options they have up front um in particular and you know to to get all their best players on the pitch they might have to play two two six or something like that but (laughs) but you know they've they've recruited well um Greg Stewart looks like a really uh, good signing. Gary McKay-Steven, if he can get back to where he was a couple of years ago, is a very good signing. I thought you were going to say if he can get out of the river. Oh. You know, all, all diving jokes aside. All diving jokes aside. Um, uh, um, Christie looks like a, a, an exceptional piece of business and looks like he's kicked on again from, from last season. And for me, Stevie May has been the signing of the, of the window so far, I think. Um, the window so far. The window now that now that we're over, you know, a couple of hundred thousand pounds for for a Scotland international who's twenty four and has a pedigree at the the Premiership level is a, is an absolute steal, um, and he he's going to only get better presumably. Um, so I I think they've had a very very good uh, window. Like I say, there there have been some question marks in defence. They have tried to address that with signing Don Ball and um, Carrie Arneson, who hasn't really got up and running yet, but. They they do seem to have at least built a better squad than last season, and that's quite a quite a feat given where they were a couple of months ago. You mentioned Stevie May there as your, your signing of the window. Is is he a real upgrade on on Adam Rooney? What's the kind of difference between the two of them? I think as an all round player, he offers more. Um, I it'll be very interesting to see now that Rooney's back fit. Uh, I mean, he's he, Adam Rooney's got an incredible goal scoring record. He's you know the. I can't remember if he's just passed or he's he's about to pass Duncan Sheeter's goal scoring record for Aberdeen and in fewer games. So, you know, there are an awful lot of people that have suggested that May is going to mean that Rooney's relegated the bench. It wouldn't surprise me at all if, if part of McInnes' plan is at least to try to try and get them playing together and in theory that should work. One is an out and out goal scorer, one is a lot more uh, you know, Stevie May's a lot more um dynamic and we'll drop deep for the ball you know we'll, we'll can play on the edge of the penalty area so but, I mean I think that's that's whether it's a, a an upgrade or not a, a, in terms of how the team play will be be interesting but he will Stevie May certainly offers more all round than Rooney who is an out and out goal scorer you know number nine classic number nine and you know if the if the plan is to make the the front line a lot more dynamic and hard to play against and difficult to mark, then you can see why why May would fit the bill there. Steve, Stevie May is, is Tom's best signing of the window, Stefan. Who, who would you say is, is, is yours? What a question to drop on me at 
quarter to one in the morning. Uh, oh God, who's my best signing of the summer? Um, let me think now. Um, one signing who I think um, has kind of flown in the radar actually is definitely Graham Dorans. Um, he, I mean, he looked great when he when he scored goals against Motherwell in the first game of the season, and that that Rangers team is still coming together. And I don't know. I mean, I think. I feel, I mean, we kind of talk about this quite a lot actually about Rangers. It seems like they're just waiting to click. Uh, and there's probably about three or four signings there. You know, I mean, <laughs> Pena doesn't really look like he's up to much at the moment, but you got you got Morelos, Morelos uh, who's who against Ross County, maybe for the first time, really looked like a the kind of goal scorer that Rangers look to buy. Um, Dorans is obviously, he's got pedigree, he's, he's proven actually. Ryan Jack's fitted in quite well as well. It's interesting that Kachinia has just decided that it's now Dorns and Jack, no matter what. Um, he's stuck with them for every league game, and eventually that'll you know those two will begin to bond together. Um, and there's also Cardoso and Bruno Alves at the back as well. Who have, I think Bruno Alves has actually proved quite a few people wrong. A lot of people thought maybe he's over the hill and stuff, but he's he's, excellent. he's settled in fantastically. Not just from a defensive point of view, his, his passing as well has been outstanding um, in setting up plays and stuff. So, if unless you haven't realised yet, I'm actually just kind of going through everyone so I'd have to give you an actual <laughs> well the next question is can you name all 11 of Rangers signings this summer no I'm just kidding on that <laughs> absolutely um, um, I would I would personally I would, I would go for Morelos as as the signing of the window I know it's still early days but I, I've been really impressed with him and I would go along with what you're saying there Stefan I think that while the results have be, definitely been mixed and performances have been mixed from this Rangers team early on I think I feel like there are the building blocks of a team there you go from you know Back to front, as you say, Alves has been good, then Dorans has been good, but it's Morelos who has been, I think, his most impressive. Five goals in his, in his last four games really seems to be kind of taking the chances that Rangers were creating but didn't have mm. anyone to take. So, uh, on you go. What I would add is three other players, <laughs> three more to add to my long list there. Um, if, if Tom hadn't already mentioned, I would have definitely brought up me. Really, when Rangers... When Aberdeen signed me, that really excited me because he's a he's a he's a he's a really dynamic forward. Uh, you know, he scores from outside the box, he set up sets up goals. He's just a real joy to watch. Um, another player who I think maybe gets a lot of stick and because of that, doesn't really get enough appreciation is actually Kyle Lafferty. He's been into that Hearts team, and although there's all sorts of bedlam at Hearts right now over new coaches and they're still buying players, and you don't really know that start living. He's really got his head down and actually got stuck in there. He's the kind. You know, he might not have scored a lot of goals at Rangers, but he also seems to be a player who's really up for it, and he's and he's brought that straight to Hearts. And although he's only played about four games, he already looks like a player who's been playing there for the last two seasons. Uh, and the third one is oh, who was the third one? Oh, yeah, it was. Sorry, it's so late. Okay, so the our final one again. Tom's top touched on him is actually Ryan Christie, and I think um, you know, again, it's only four games in, but. I'm really intrigued to see, you know, what how how just how far he pushes on this season because we might be looking at a situation where you have a player on loan from Celtic at a team who are looking to finish second, who could be pushing for player of the year and young player of the year this year, as things stand, because yeah, he's still young, but right now he's outperforming a lot of Celtic players and a lot of Rangers players and a lot of Aberdeen players. So he's still he should be pushing for young player of the year, but as things stand, he's already one of the most outstanding players. And to get him on loan um, which, you know, at the time just looked like another sort of like, yeah, okay, we'll bring him back. Celtic don't want to start playing him and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think that could be a really crude move. Yeah, big fan of Ryan Christie. I think that's all we've got time for this week. Um, just a reminder that you can check out the 2.1.com 
And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. It's simple. It's just at the 2.1. We'll be back with another episode next Wednesday. Catch you then.